0: And we are on the record. We're recording. This is the Joint Podcast. Morning Exiles and Legally Unfiltered. The handsome gentlemen you see are Bill and Kep. No, uh they are Franz <laughs> borghardt and Richard Sprinkle, both Reputable licensed attorneys at law, bon vivants, and men about town. And you're Richard, a bon vivant, Richard. I, I don't know if there's evidence to convict me of that. Uh, before we go any further, I, I, I heard through the through the grapevine that you are in fact a jarhead. Is that correct? That is in fact. Semper Fi. You know does fit in the jar. Semper Fi. Trained I
1: never, killer. I never acquired the taste for crayons, no matter what anybody said. Thank uh, you for your
0: service to the country. And, and what what Thank did you. You, what did you do as you were anchored down, tied up, and <clears throat> on all over the world? Uh, <laughs>
1: I was your your basic Marine rifleman, an O three eleven. There you go. In other words, I ran, I hid, and I shot. <laughs>
0: that is the backbone of the Marine Corps, and you you never wanted to go into public relations? Uh,
1: no, not not
0: especially. As my father, the World War II Marine, used to say that uh, a Marine rifle squad was uh, was a sergeant, four guys with with M ones, a photographer, and a PR officer. <laughs> marine rifle squad. It's about right. <laughs> Anyway, good Good to have you all with us this morning. We're at La Divina Italian Cafe. You know where we are. Come see us. Love La Divina. Come Devin have coffee. a cup of yeah. coffee. Yeah. That's I, what's missing for
2: my morning is no Joe. Is, yeah, that, is
0: that mine? I think that's, that's yours. yours. Yeah. I don't have my you legally unfiltered but I'll I'm going to get <laughs> it. We
3: brought you a legally we, we unfiltered We brought enough to share. So, yeah.
0: Um, well, that's well, that's wonderful. We're glad to be on here today. Um, we are glad to have you now. Uh, you, uh, you came up with a very interesting idea for us. Right that we should uh, do at least one of these together and talk about issues that impact both media and media? the criminal justice system. Correct. Sure. And and I think you had a central question that a lot of people ask, either consciously or subconsciously, and that question is? So we have observed that investigative
3: journalism um, sometimes okay. blurs the line of reporting news versus making news. Mm -hmm. And we want to have that discussion with you guys because you guys are in the media. Um, I've known you've done news reporting for years, both of you. Um, And it's troubling me only in so much as is where is that line? I mean, whether it's an ethical line, a legal line, where is that line in the sand where you go from reporting and holding the camera and asking questions to literally making news.
0: You know, and, and that's that's a thorny question. I, I, uh, I always tell people that while I am a broadcaster, I was never a journalist. I've never been employed as a journalist. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't had to be involved in news events, right. in interviewing people over 20-some-odd years. I think probably 95% of the people I interviewed were involved in some sort of a news story. But I, too, am troubled by the fact that many journalists believe that they have unlimited constitutional protection and that recklessness and getting something first or having a headline that's very sensational when the story isn't is somehow an appropriate draw so that people can then hear the story. And I, I worry about this a great deal. I also worry about the fact that we have a new generation of reporters who have no general knowledge at all? They 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 don't have a historical perspective. Well, on, much is true. On the nation, on crime, right? On history, mm-hmm. on civil rights. Uh, they, they, you know, to I think to to cover any story, to tell any tale, you have to have a good broad base of knowledge, and I'm seeing this lacking. Uh, I don't want to throw stones at our local media, but I remember at a, a time when if you put up a super that said, you know, on, on the 10 o'clock news over, you know, uh, Pat Shingleton's shoulder or Michael Shingleton's shoulder or, uh, you know, or, or uh, Greg Merriweather's shoulder or Elizabeth Vowell's shoulder and said he w- he arrived to the hospital, you'd be fired right. because you did not have. What is the most important thing, and that is a basic knowledge of English and how to tell the story. Now it's whatever they want to put on the air. So
3: is the is the problem, and, and look, I've, I've never been in the media beyond commentary. Is the problem one of the cream rising to the top, where if you are a knowledgeable um, media reporter, investigative journalist, you rising to the top means that you're not going to stay here long because, because candidly, it's my understanding that these reporters don't make a ton of money. They work long hours. A lot hours. of them do not. It's yeah, true. So they're, it's very true. It's – it's, 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 look, I'm 40. It's a young person's game, right? Because young people need the job. They'll work. They'll work for the peanuts. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that these guys aren't making good money, but, but is it an issue of the cream rising to the top and that's why we don't have it? Or is it just a, a national trend that we're not getting people and, – and let me be clear, Bill and Kevin – I'm not talking about a, a news talk show where I'm dialing in to get a, a, an opinion commentary where it's not really it's, – it's on me if I want to stay and watch, whether I agree with it or disagree with it. And sometimes I disagree and I want to watch because I disagree, you know.
2: I Here's the way I feel about it. I think that investigative journalism has its place. Okay. Think about how many crimes would we might have ever found out about right. without investigative journalism. Uh, Some big national stories, Watergate, for instance, uh, without investigative journalism. But then I think sometimes there are things that would never have made local news if somebody hadn't gone out and dug them up. And then the question is, did somebody really need to go out and dig this up? Or were they just trying to enhance their brand? And on the one hand, as a person who worked as a journalist, I can't see anything wrong with brand enhancement. No. And you can always put it off on your assignment editor and say, hey, they told me to go for it. Right, uh, but you know, to what extent? The question in my mind is: to what extent are they stirring up the monkeys? Sometimes.
1: Well, I, I worked in television before becoming a lawyer, and it was a local station in New Orleans. And there was a, a steady stream of, of younger folks that wanted to be investigative journalists. And at that, <clears throat> excuse me, at that time, they the big push was for digital journalists the one-person show that would run out with a camera and a tripod and a microphone and try to get their own stories and produce their own stories when they get back to the station and get them on air in time. Those folks had a responsibility to produce and get content, and honestly, when you turn a whole bunch of them out on the city on the same day, maybe it's tough for them to find stories. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're just reaching for things sometimes.
3: So I get annoyed when I see a camera in front of a young man's face as they're walking out of prison, the purple walk, the yeah, purple walk. walk, I am highly annoyed at that. And and look, I don't have a problem with you reporting that an arrest happened. I don't have a problem with you with you reporting that a crime happened, but just dragging someone through the mud. I mean, they're walking out of prison. What do you expect? That you know. I have a problem with that. Now, what I do and enjoy... And what do you expect
2: to get from a soundbite from that
3: guy besides a big F you? Well, <laughs> well, what I do enjoy, though, is, and I agree with you, I do enjoy, like, the contractor fraud issue where it's not necessarily a crime, but old... Sure, it's a crime. Su- contractor su- fraud. No, I mean I mean, I mean... Some somebody's not finishing a house, and so somebody calls in one of the news channels. I won't name any names. That investigative journalist goes out and and gets yeah the on your side guy gets something to happen. Mm-hmm. And, when and when I say it's not quite a crime, it doesn't rise to the level of them wanting to call the police and maybe the police not wanting to do something. But something happens as a result of that. I'm, I'm kind of okay I, with that.
1: I've defended those those types of clients, and I can tell you that the minute their face hits the news, suddenly everybody with an unfinished contract, whether it's a day late or a week late is oh, calling yeah. the police saying
0: that guy stole from me too mm-hmm. well you know I, I, I think you're getting into deep water here because we we have a constitutional prohibition as you both know against what's called prior restraint mm-hmm. right and that is interference by anybody in official capacity with the reporting or the commentary uh, or the disseminating of accurate information sure I don't think you're going to be able to do anything about the perp walk unless you want to make sure you're there as the attorney to talk to the media while they walk him out. But back to Franz's original point, is it that the cream rises to the crop? Look at the national news. Uh, I have, in the last year, watched local news in five of the top ten markets, Mm -hmm. and their local reporters, believe it or not, take the same kind of liberties, go way off on tangents, and you know why? It's because there's no consequence. Because that protection you get under our Constitution applies completely unless you are knowingly disseminating something that is untrue and is libelous to someone else. And so if you're a smart news director and you've got a 22-year-old reporter that really wants to get a lot of face time... You tell them, hey, look, now, now don't ask Mr. Borkhart and Mr. Sprinkle. Don't ask them whether or not the guy's got an alibi. Don't ask that question because then you have, from the Nixon administration, plausible deniability on any libelous statements or false accusations you want to make. Mm-hmm. i tell you, it's tough as the
3: person that is often making a strategic decision on whether or not to talk to the investigative journalist.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, and and we haven't talked about it yet, but you guys are bound by certain ethics Mm -hmm. and it becomes a trust scenario of, am I talking to someone that I can trust? And when I say trust, they're the media. I represent somebody. We're not on the same side. Their job is one thing. My job is, another. or maybe we are, maybe you are, Uh, but when I say trust, I mean that if I say something and it's going into a paper, they're going to quote me properly. Mm-hmm. Or or if we're doing an interview and I'm told and if I'm told, look, if you say something that just can't get on the air, we'll take a cut and we'll re record it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that gonna be the case? And you know, there is a symbiotic relationship because because to some degree I'm the gatekeeper and my client's gatekeeper to the story mm-hmm. on my side of the table. Um but yeah, in in a true good old fashion, I think my client is innocent, and there's an exploration of truth out there. Um, it's tough sometimes because you know it, it's not. I, I get real. If you're willing to take a video of my client walking out of jail at his worst moment, I don't think you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt to a favorable conversation about what's going on.
2: Well, and do you know, think the perp walk, perp walk should be done away with?
3: I love, as a news event. So I I don't find it. I don't find it newsworthy. It doesn't It doesn't move the story it along. It doesn't move other the story. Than we caught him. Um, when they had the Max Groover, and, and I know how you feel about that case, mm-hmm. we turned our kids in to LSU. They did not give a summons, and LSU tipped them, the news outlets, of when we were coming by, and I lost my poop. I mean, I, I went off on the news. I turned my kid in, and they came out, and they were interviewing me, and I, and I was I was disgusted at LSU. I was disgusted at the, of the, at the media because— my client's a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. He's 18, 19
0: years old. He's a kid, well, now, and he hasn't been convicted I, yet. I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand your order, counselor. But he's a kid who's got accused and arrested for a big boy crime, right? Where somebody well, died. Well, well,
3: my client was accused of a misdemeanor, yeah. and ultimately not prosecuted. But that's either. But back to Kevin's point. No, I don't. I don't see the the newsworthy. It's sensational. It's TMZ worthy. But I don't want WBRZ, WAFB, NBC, Fox. I don't want. My local news being TMZ. I don't want... TMZ well, is something else, right?
2: I think that the, the community takes... When there's a crime that some people might think is a heinous crime, I notice the more heinous the crime, the more likely the perp walk. That yeah. that seems to be yeah. a thing. Sure. But um, there's a certain amount of comfort that the public may take from, you know, we got him. He's behind bars. But I don't see... I, I agree with you in that I don't see where that footage... Other than to make me feel good, going yeah, good enough for you, you bastard. I hope they got leg chains on you too. You know, I mean, well, other than that, I don't really see the
0: point of it.
1: He gives some footage for a deep tease later in the news. Well, the, mm-hmm.
0: the the problem that I have with attacking that particular thing is that it is factual. It is true. It, did it is actually happening. Fair. You know, and and so I I think if you want to if you want to have a problem with that, then you're opening up a whole another. Pandora's box. I think what you probably are more concerned about is people in the media who participate in the story, right. who shade the reporting. You know, uh, they uh, they forget they forget the uh, presumption of innocence. I do legal commentary occasionally,
3: mm-hmm. and what's interesting to me is I will be sitting in a courtroom with a reporter that later interviews me on commentary, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to explain to the reporter what was important about what was happening, and and not from a nerdy legal standpoint. A, a This is why what happened in the courtroom is important. And I sometimes sense that we were in two different courtrooms. I sense that, that, that what they want to report on is vastly different than what happened. Come on, during the interview, you were were sitting right next to me in the corner. Especially (laughs) in a case where I have no dog in the hunt. If I have no dog in the hunt, if I'm just doing the commentary, I don't care. I'm not picking sides, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be a mercenary. But if I'm not working the case, I can be in the seat of neutrality and not care. I was. I was on both sides once. That's what bothers me. It's. It's the. Sh- You're absolutely right. It's the shading. It's the picking the sides. And look, it's worked to my benefit before. I've had cases where I had a sympathetic client, and the media liked that client and mm-hmm. felt bad that that client was getting prosecuted, and it worked in my benefit. But it doesn't often work to more my benefit.
2: No. You well. Know? Question for either of you gentlemen. Do you feel, without naming any names or stations, do you feel like some investigative reporters are injecting themselves into the story, making it more about their coverage than the story itself?
3: I, I'm going to defer to you, believe it. or not, I think it's, it's tricky because what is happening is law enforcement agencies are making decisions based on fear. I've had several cases where an agency decided not to pursue charges on someone. And then certain investigative journalists got involved, and I won't name names. And then all of a sudden I'm told, look, that reporter is involved, and we need to protect ourselves, and we have to do what we have to do. And I cannot tell you how aggravating it is that our justice system is being driven by the fear of – the fear not of exposure, but embarrassment. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. When you have law enforcement agencies, and I'm not talking, guys, I'm not talking about sweeping something under the rug. I'm not talking about the the we're not going to arrest one of our own cases. I'm talking about law enforcement looks at a case and says, you know, I really don't I don't think there's enough here for probable cause. And then an investigative journal, journalist gets involved. They show up. They start trying to poke the bear, and all of a sudden, the same person that you didn't have probable cause for five minutes ago gets arrested.
0: That that to me is terrible. Well, I, I, I think you've got competing interests here, and I don't like any of them. Uh, when I am asked to speak to Rotary Clubs, and, 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 and I've actually spoken uh, at the uh, uh, Stevenson School of Crisis Management in terms of media and crisis management, one of the things I say is, is that the, the 24-hour news cycle, the competition for what they perceive as good ratings – and good eyes and ears has really, really appealed to our more banal instincts. Um, I've worked with people who wanted to report right now that a police officer was dead, and I thought it was ill-advisable. But they did, and next thing I know, I'm getting a call from the police chief because I'm in the control room at the same time. So mm-hmm. thanks for killing off our guy. He's he's undergoing surgery right now. But they there this pressure we have made people stupid. We really have. Haven't we seen it recently,
3: as recent as Walmart? Where there yes. was an incident at Walmart and depending ah. on what time you opened up social media or the news, you got different versions you got different versions of what happened. Right. And what actually happened was diametrically different than what was initially Very reported.
0: Wrong. You know? Well and it was it was it was it was mischaracterized not only uh, in media reports, but it was initially mischaracterized by the convening agency mm-hmm. because they had witness statements, you know, uh, that were not reliable. Uh, and, and the thing is, nobody wants to be the police public information officer or the hospital administrator or or, 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 or the, the, the EMS chief or even the airport spokesperson after a crash, and I've been there. And say, look, we have got a whole lot of witness statements that we think are being funded, uh, uh, being uh, prompted by hysteria. And so I am not going to release any information yet until we sort it out. Right. Because we know the public wants information or we perceive they want information. So, so
3: you have experience in risk management. Oh, a lot I of it, have yeah. lots of experience in risk management. Mm-hmm. And I cannot tell you how often I'm the one fighting with the marketing PR rep saying, slow down. We don't have to say anything. Oh, no, we have to say something. We have to make a statement. No, we don't. And and it, that is the culture everywhere. Marketing and PR reps are getting to the point where they feel like it's so important to get their message out before they even have
0: the message. Well, if you don't mind me taking a little right turn, in, in my opinion, they are very, very poorly trained. They're trained through way too much use of social media. When I go and I get paid to teach people how to manage their information particularly during a crisis and i and i see the look on their face when i say you know what if a reporter comes to your door Mm -hmm. you can say i don't have enough information to talk to you now but i will talk to you and then you set a date and a time and you keep it and they just it's like you just told them their wife has come out of surgery and she's fine but a lot of these young practitioners and yes most of them are young practitioners think, oh, you got to do it right now. you got to post something. My thumbs are twitching. i, I got to get something out there right now. And that is often a mistake. And television news reporters, radio news reporters, print journalists are doing the very same thing. Oh, yes. And I think that it's better a, to be first than to be correct. It is a very, very dangerous area, in my opinion. Now, fellas, uh, we're going to time hack you out to about one minute Okay. On okay. your podcast, and we'll go ahead and stop your recording, and then we'll continue with you if you don't mind. Sure, sure. Sounds,
1: so- Sounds great. That immediacy, a lot of it we all know is fueled by social media. Mm-hmm. It's more than I've got to get it on air first or I've got to get it in the, tomorrow's headlines first. Now I've got to get it out in the next 10 seconds or someone's going to beat me to it. Yep. And that's a that's a big problem. I like want those likes. So- I want those retweets. I've got to have them. But we as a society now have forgotten <clears throat> the ability to sit back, take a breath, and apprise ourselves of what's actually going on.
2: And I, I don't want this to be an indictment of the news media. I, I just, I think it, it is a phenomenon now where, to some extent, investigative reporting or the news media's reporting on
0: crime is affecting you guys and the, and the jobs you do as, as defenders. But to your initial point, the lines have been blurred and sometimes in a very, very dangerous fashion. And right. my prediction is it's going to get worse. Thanks for having us on your program. All right, totally. All right. Thanks. This is Legally Unfiltered. Thanks for joining us.
3: The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.